0: Morning, completing our study in Corinthians, as promised, I'm going to do a few lessons um, concerning the congregation or the congregations of the Lord's Church. You know, when you think about it, there's nothing more important to the human race than their God and salvation and their being in a position uh, where they have a future with God they're not opposed to God and of course that would be his body that would be the body of Christ the uh, church if you want to call it that the assemblies of Christ I think there's one word that defines what we call the church best, and it's the word glorious. And that's a word that the Bible uses quite a bit, uh, within uh, the Greek especially, um, but of course it's used in also in the Old Testament writings. And the purpose of the message today and the next one I have, uh, whatever I put together here, is to reveal what what I know in my head and in my heart and what the Bible says to back all of that up the true nature of the body of Christ as it truly is in the physical world that we live in now as a boy I grew up hearing the um, kind of shrouded mysterious idea of the invisible church. Well you know the invisible church is a completely wrong idea. And that's not what God wants to show forth to people to be invisible. He's invisible but he needs to be invisible because we need to have faith that he is. That's why God's invisible could he be appear? Of course he could. He doesn't, because for us to be the kind of person we need to be, be worthy of a life uh, a life without end with God, we need to do it through faith. We're going to have, if we live in faith towards God, we're going to have the association that some people say they have to have before they, they're going to believe. That is a face-to-face, if you will. What is, the, what is the Assemblies of Christ? What, are, what really are they in the world today and in the past? Indeed, um, I believe that the Assemblies are the glorious Assemblies because of what they are and who they belong to. The very safest place you can be The very loveliest experience in this life is found in Christ, in his assemblies, in the friendship, fellowship, and all the things to do with the assembly. Is there sometimes rough times and heartbreak in the assembly? Oh, yes. Because it's the finest, the loveliest, the safest, when you're hurt in the assembly, it hurts much worse. That happens one thing though you got to remember we need to get over it (laughs) we need to move on because remember it wasn't god that hurt us it was something else sometimes just misunderstandings whatever it, it be that's not that's not the glorious nature and surely the assemblies of christ are the very best home any person could have i truly believe this myself from my experience and not only that uh, one of the things I remember as a young man in the churches uh, the one I I was first exposed to was I don't know it was of all the places that I had been as a young man I wasn't that old seven or eight years old Uh, and and older as it went on I felt a safeness I felt a very comfortable without any apprehension in that place around those people that's what I felt that's that's one of the only things I remember of my early days is that feeling I liked going there and I felt good there, so I believe it's true. Now, what's the definition of the word glorious? Well, I looked it up in my Webster's. That's Noah Webster, by the way. Uh, I love that dictionary because it uses, it gives us definitions if it's words that are used in uh, theological things, Bible words. Uh, It gives the the Greek and Hebrew or whatever. But it also gives it in other languages how it's understood. Not only that, I believe that the real definitions in this dictionary are accurate. But the definition of glorious is different than just the word glory or things of that sort. It means and of an exalted excellence and splendor. An exalted excellence and splendor. Resplendent in the majesty and divine attributes. That's what the assemblies of Christ are. The body of Christ. Thus they are the body of Christ. Now... If you drive up here this morning, you look at our roof, it doesn't look what I would say. It was not excellent and splendorous. (laughs) It looks like it's blowing off. (laughs) But that's not, you see how that's, we're not talking about buildings, are we? Uh, I'll never forget the uh, couple of young ladies that came to my door years ago from a group, uh, a large group that does a lot of traveling door to door, but One of the first things they said to me when I I told them I wasn't, um, you know, I'd like, if we're going to talk, I want equal time, but that wasn't going to happen. But uh, um, one of the things they said to me that was really going to swing me over to their position was, do you realize how large our group is? I said, yeah, I know exactly how large your group is. But I said, if that's the key. The truth. I'm gonna. You want the name and address of the place to go for to be the biggest? I'll give it to you. They were shocked. They hadn't heard that before. Now I was trying to figure out which one I was going to pick, but uh, it wouldn't have been their group. It may, it may be large, but you see, that's that's the kind of the concept that's totally wrong. It has nothing to do with the glories of the assemblies of Christ. It's, it's um, that sort of thing shouldn't be a key to us staying anywhere, okay? That's why the Lord's church can be a little group. It can be a medium size. It can be a large group. It's much harder to be a large group and try to maintain, but when you got people that are actually working in the body, you can do it. Um, so it's not the size. It's, of course, it's not the building, but when you got You know, you need a building sometimes. Uh, Or you need a a big room in homes or a nice big tree. I don't care which. But when you meet as as, uh, believers and truly Christian people, it doesn't matter where you're at. It's still the Assemblies of Christ. And it's still a safe place. It's still a lovely place and the best home you'd ever have amongst that group now let me ask you a question does the world define christian assemblies as glorious um well i think they probably have from time to time unfortunately many times they would be talking about a cathedral in europe somewhere as a glorious place or something of that sort so it's a little off off of the topic but i think the answer is no in my experience. And there's a lot of reasons for that. And it's not just the shortcomings of unbelievers, those that are not Christians. It's not just their fault that they don't see the, the church as glorious. Because I think also Christians themselves many times do not see or appreciate the true glorious nature of Christ's church. I'm talking about Christ Church in totality wherever it may be wherever the Saints may be gathered together I'm talking about the faith which is the the true message of salvation from heaven through his son through the apostolic teaching through our Bible that we have that's that's what I'm talking about that's a glorious that's a glorious endeavor and it it has a glorious nature. Now where we find the misunderstanding concerning the glorious nature of Christ's church, we have to we realize this should never be. It should never be. But it is. So where we find that. Where we find that case, it is clear that there's a, some sort of a lack of full understanding of the faith as it was once delivered. But the remedy, the remedy is, as Brother Roger was telling us today, is immersing ourselves in God's word. The remedy for these things. The remedy for our emotions. <laughs> the remedy for our, our, our problems, our questions. The remedy is to be immersed, and I mean immersed is when you've actually, you really do spend time in the Word of God every day, and it becomes part of who you are, uh, and that's a wonderful experience. God's Word, when we talk about the church, we're talking about the Apostles' words concerning the kingdom, the Apostles' words concerning our Savior. These things we need to know within us to never forget, to understand, to be able to explain, because there's going to come a time when you're going to want to tell somebody very important to you the truth of why the church is glorious. And if you can't do it, you're going to feel let down on your own. There's a text in Colossians, the first chapter. That I'm going to use as some of the scripture here today. Um, what I can get through here today, because this is the big topic, and I'm going. I'm trying to hit the points to help us better appreciate. Because you know, being a little group um, is is a difficult task sometimes uh, in maintaining that idea of who we really are, and um, we just need to really know who we are in Christ. We need to understand through his word, and that's where we're going to find the understanding. Let's look at Colossians, uh, I'm going to start with verse 9 here in um, Colossians chapter 1. Of course, the Apostle Paul writing to the church here in Colossae, and he's He's talking about you know his opening and but he's talking about them. He's talking about uh, people that have come and reported the things that they're doing. That he's thankful for them and all of this. Um, but he says in verse nine, because of this, <clears throat> in other words, the reports he's he knows about them. We also, from the day in which we heard. <clears throat> Do not cease praying for you and asking that you may be filled with the full knowledge of His will, in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, to your walking worthily of the Lord, to all pleasing, in every good work being fruitful and increasing to the knowledge of God, in all might being made mightily according to the power of his glory to all endurance and long-suffering with joy. Giving thanks to the Father who did make us meet or qualify us, some of our scriptures say, for the participation of the inheritance of the saints in the light. And, And verse 13 who did rescue us out of the authority of darkness and did translate us into the reign of the Son of his love. Well, the body of Christ and its many assemblies is not not a man-made organization. You know, men put the bricks together and built this place somebody came and said let's have a church one day we need to have a group here in Coolidge and that's just what happened Uh, I think uh, Gail's dad was one of the guys that that might have originally did that or there are some others before him you know all the people are gone Uh, this happened in the 1940s here in Coolidge uh, as far as this congregation but this isn't this congregation is part of the brotherhood of christ this is the lord's church Uh, those that are not an organization this congregation is not an organization of anything we don't have a a home office that we write to and say well you know and we don't get a letter from them saying what are you doing you know we don't have that why because the Bible doesn't have anything like that to do with the congregations. The Lord's people are wherever people are. Hopefully, more and more. Not an organization. They used to say uh, our church is not an organization, it's an organism. Well, you know, that just simply means it has life. Well, um, but it's not part of any larger group that has a title or something. That's why sometimes you got to watch the names on the building. They might fool you. (laughs) Uh, Like, um, well, the word Christian, Christian church. Um, You see that going down the road? No, there's a Christian church. I think I'll go next Sunday. But your eyes weren't good enough to realize that down below that it said disciples of Christ. Well, you don't know what that means anyway. Most people. Uh, I know folks right in town here years ago at the Church of Christ that thought I was a preacher of the disciples of Christ. Why? Because it says Christian on the front of our building instead of Church of Christ. That's a problem. (laughs) That's a problem, but that's getting into the organization part. That's confusing. We shouldn't let that be. Uh, that shouldn't make who we are by how we spread, spread it out. I just got a, an email not just a few days ago concerning uh, somebody that my dad knew, and uh, his religion was first Christian, according to the email. Well, you see how far it goes? And then I had some people that left here years ago, and when they went out, they couldn't find a First Christian to go to. You see, I had not told them that that name out there, First Christian Church, that that that's not that's not the Lord's name for the church. That's the name that they've given the the church, and I, I don't want to get any fur, further afield into that because I have problems with that name business. The body of Christ is is Christ's church. Uh, And I think that's probably a good name. But nonetheless, we're not an organization. We are part of the kingdom of God's Son. And and that is Christ, the Messiah, belonging, belonging to God. Now, this is why the assemblies of Christ are glorious. We, we heard those things said in, in the verses that I read. Why are we? is this assembly glorious? Well, it's because of our association with our head, with Christ, with the Father in heaven. Because we're supposed to be filled with full, the full knowledge of Christ's will for the assembly, for each other. We're supposed to be know what is good for our brother and sister and do it in all wisdom. Now, wisdom is here spiritual understanding, understanding that of a, of the topic that the the way that God understands it, the way that it truly is. See, these are our goals. This is what we need to do, and this is what makes the church glorious. And that all the subject of the Lord's kingdom. All the subjects of the Lord's kingdom. I put it in man-made wording there. He is the king. Walk worthily of the Lord, and we do this to please him. And every good work that, by the way, is given to us to do, we need to be fruitful in doing it. You know, you're you you do not if you got a little book at home, all the good things that you've done, remember the Bible teaches that we're as Christian people, we're given those opportunities to be fruitful. Well, maybe you better make a little addendum on that. Because that's the truth of the matter. And in increase in knowledge of God continually, and this happens when you immerse yourself in his word. Be strengthened according to his glorious power. By the way, not only immersing yourself in his word, but you need to spend as much time as you can with God's people. That helps. And we got a real shortcoming when it comes to that in the Coolidge area. Also, we're to be um, dealing with uh, strengthening and according to his glorious power, but it brings us to the idea of being patient. Being patient with life. Patient with the situations that we're in. Long, long suffering <clears throat> in our situations that arise out of our control, this and that. You know, all the things that wake us up at night, all the things that we don't like. Because we're to be in joy, in a joyful way, in the Lord, even through it. And I can, you know, it's easy to say it, it's a whole lot harder to live it. Nonetheless, there it is. That's our goal. That's what we're supposed to do. That's what makes us part of the glorious assembly. And giving thanks to the Father in all of these things because, remember, this is the nature of God. Let's look at verse 12 and 13 again. Giving thanks to the Father who did make us or qualify us for the participation of the inheritance of the saints in the light, who did rescue us out of the authority of darkness and did translate us into the reign of his Son, of his love. Now, verse 12, where it says, who did make us or qualify us, that us there is in the second person, plural. Now, most times that we read us in the New Testament, we're pretty much dealing with first person, plural, meaning the apostles. That's what happens in verse 13 he goes back to the apostles because he speaks he doesn't speak past the apostles when he's dealing with this idea of being part of the apostolic ministry the us here in verse 13 but us in verse 12 the us is talking in the general sense of the body of Christ that's why it's second person plural and the word translate did translate us into the reign of the son of his love. You know what that means? That means that we came from another reign, the reign of darkness. The reign of darkness. That's, That's just the world in general. It doesn't look dark. They're having big parties out there. Good times in most places. It can still be the darkness if it's not the assemblies of Christ. Being of the world is living in the kingdom of darkness. Why is the church glorious? Why is the assembly glorious? Because we have been translated out of darkness into the reign of his Son, into the light, into the life. That's what makes the kingdom glorious. A portion of the inheritance of the saints in the light. That's, that's why we can say, yes, that's a glorious place. We have a portion of the inheritance. We're joint heirs with Christ. Men and women are both joint Heirs with Christ individually in that that aspect, being delivered from the power of darkness to be in Christ, translated into the kingdom of His beloved Son. I say yes, that's glorious. That's the place to live. That's a place that is is uh, that's a comfortable place. That's a place that you you fear not for this place, for the home with God. There's no fear there. There's no tears there because of the promises that it brings. So let's just look at the next point I have, benefits of the kingdom. And we don't have time to really get into it too much today. Well, we can talk about the benefits uh, briefly because it's one verse. The next verse, verse 14. This I consider the benefits uh, that we can see immediately. The very first benefit we have when we become part of the glorious assemblies of Christ, when we are baptized into Christ, when we have repented and believe, and and we everyone knows who we are. Because this is what happens. In whom? that is in whom that's in Christ we have redemption through his blood the forgiveness of these sins we know it's in Christ and in Christ we have what what's it say the redemption that's it that is the redemption that actually works um you know when we consider we go through a lot of redemptive things in life. You know, uh, we make a contract and we pay it off. And we think that now we're redeemed. And then we find out, oh, there was a a little extra payment that needed to be made later on. So it wasn't all that redeeming, was it? We still had, there's still something missing. That's not what happens in Christ. Once you've been redeemed in Christ, by his blood, you have the redemption, the forgiveness of sins. And that sins, by the way, is the sins, the sins, the sins that separate you from God. And that's in the Greek, that's a plural word, and it's feminine, covering the, the, the gender issue completely, um, and it's genitive. This is this is an idea. Uh, this is a great benefit in Christ. And it's not only that, friends. It's a requirement of the kingdom. To be in the kingdom, these things must be accomplished. Flesh and blood will not inherit the kingdom of God. That's not what's redeemed. It's It's your soul being redeemed. It's your spirit being redeemed as you submit to God. And you see, this is the difference between the assemblies of Christ. God's plan of redemption is actually performed within those assemblies of Christ. Men and women are led to Christ to be true sons of God in Christ's assemblies, but not in every assembly. And there's many that that do not teach the truth of redemption. Oh, they have other ideas about how you can be saved. They have other methods. Uh, They have uh, another couple of books you need to read or something like that. Those are not of God. And that's why the assemblies of Christ are glorious, while the others are, even though the name on the building might even look the same. It may be saying about the same thing. You don't go by that. You go by what is being taught and who the people are. The assemblies of Christ. If they are the assemblies of Christ, they are the body of Christ, and they are doing the will of Christ. And as far as I know, there have been no additions to the, the word of God that have made any amendments, amendments, or whatever you want to call it, changes, modifications, modernizations to what God's plan of redemption is. It's still the same, exactly as it was on the day of Pentecost for the Jews and for the house of Cornelius and for every sermon, every every gathering that ever presented Christ as Savior in the days of the Apostles and the days following all of this is the same and next week we'll talk about the glories um, the glory is of Christ because Christ is in the father and the father is in Christ and we are in Christ and and, and the, the father lives amongst the assemblies of Christ. And in the Colossians here we'll read about that. We're going to read about the acts the nature of if you can put this together, because this is what makes the assemblies of Christ glorious. It's the home of God. I have a sermon I preached years ago about, you know, people are looking for God. They say they're looking for God. They're searching for God. Where is God? And or they're searching for God. And the the way you find God is you go to where God is. And if you read the Bible, you're going to find that God resides in the in the the body of His Son, in, in the Son of in the um, the assemblies of Christ, however you want to phrase it. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of Christ in God, the same thing. That's where God is. If you're looking for God, you need to go there. Nowhere in the Bible does it say God's going to come out and find you. We are the seekers. And seekers believe that there is a God, that he exists. Read Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. We are the seekers. God is there to be found. As I said, uh, I don't know if it was in this class or the last, God is invisible. It was here. God is invisible because we need to look for him where he is. He is found in the assemblies of Christ, his beloved son. And so should we be found in that very place. That would be my words today. Let us consider our uh, closing invitation. Redeemed. you have a blessed week this week that your troubles be few (laughs) but your work for the for the Lord be be mighty Um, let us thank you we thank you father as we leave this place this place of assembly we gather together in fellowship as you have prescribed Be with us just now, Father, as we consider all that is required of us as your people and all that has been given to us through the years that we may live a life worthy of the calling that we have received through your Son, Jesus Christ, in whose name we pray. Amen.